Boardwalk Times Multiverse of Marvel is a podcast where we discuss the latest Marvel TV episodes as they are released on Disney+. This is your spoiler alert. Hi everyone and welcome to a brand new episode of Boardwalk Times Multiverse of Marvel Living Loki. I'm Elizabeth Pfeiffer, the senior editor at Boardwalk Times. I'm Giovanni Delgadillo, a columnist at the Boardwalk Times. Hi, my name is Iris Nyholt and I am a columnist at the Boardwalk Times. Y'all, today we are recapping the season finale. In my notes I have this the final episode of Loki, but that is not the case. The season finale of Loki for all time always. We're going to get into that, but we also have a new Marvel movie that I would like to discuss because, you know, we got to stay relevant here. So what are your thoughts on Black Widow really quickly before we jump into Loki? Let me go first because I know I have less thoughts than Giovanni probably. (laughs) Um, As I've mentioned on the pod before, I am very easily entertained and I don't like nitpick or look at details all that much most of the time at least not at my first watch through so I actually really enjoyed it there were some things that I kind of was like iffy about like you know the camera zooming in on Nat's butt for no reason don't like that but uh other than that I liked the story I wish we would have gotten a bit more of like a, a backstory for Nat even though we did get we did get some of that but this is like an entirely different arc different story from actually Natasha's like upbringing and all that so yeah but overall I really liked it and those are my two cents yep Giovanni I'm ready for your thoughts (laughs) I actually was kind of surprised with the movie the first like 20 minutes or so before the actual plot happens uh it felt like like a really high quality spy movie I was kind of surprised that it didn't really feel like a Marvel movie but there was one thing that bothered me so there is um, the intro and it plays a, a spoiler alert, a cover of Smells Like Teen Spirit. And what I what confused me about that is um, I had listened to the soundtrack beforehand because I wasn't going to get to a theater anytime soon and I wanted to get some feeling in the movie. And there is a piece on there that's Natasha's new theme in the movie and it never plays. I don't even think it's in nine credits. And I think it was written for that introduction and was what? replaced. That's just that's my crazy. conspiracy theory. So me as the music guy, there was a lot of music on the soundtrack that's missing. And the titles fit with scenes in the movie, but in the final cut, they're not there. They're different, different music. So I was like, man, so that was slightly disappointing. Um, I also do feel that the spy feel kind of gets messed up near the end where it's like trying to be a James Bond movie more than a Marvel movie. But with all that being said, I I gave the movie some thought over time. like I still don't think it's like the greatest Marvel movie ever. I don't think it's one of the worst ones either. It's like in the middle. But my main idea is that the movie still, even though it doesn't give you like a huge like emotional arc for Natasha Romanoff, what I think it does is sells her legacy. By the end of the movie, she basically rids of the entire organization that created her because she doesn't want anyone else to suffer what she suffered. And I thought that was pretty heroic. I think that's the whole point of the movie is to make her kind of because all the other Avengers have done that kind of stuff on their own. And this is more of like a personal thing for her. So I really, really like that. And I really do think that the new characters are pretty great, especially Yelena and Red Guardian. And I really want to see them again. So, yeah, I do think that the legacy this movie leaves behind, even though it doesn't have like crazy emotional layers since Hashirono, I do think it adds to like her 
heroism, which I think is pretty important. Okay, I'll give that one to you. I saw it twice in theaters because I just uh, needed to digest it a little bit better. And my main problem with it was also the heavy attention on the male gaze. Uh, like Iris said, those like shots that we, I, I watched Captain Marvel yesterday that we don't really see in Captain Marvel at all. And I'm not saying that every movie with a female lead has to be like, incredibly feminist like this movie was clearly about family and what you're saying Giovanni about like uh her legacy and continuing on and all that all that good jazz but I just was a little upset about that and you're right about the whole feeling of a spy movie and it just felt weird toward the end and I thought the pacing was really odd I honestly didn't realize that it was a two-hour movie I I like the first time I watched it, it went by so slowly. And then the second time I was like, wait, what? Like, that was it? Um, so I think I agree with you that it's like a mid-tier Marvel movie. It's not one of the best ones ever, but it's certainly not the worst one that I've seen. And I also love Elena, Elena and all the, all the new characters. And I can't wait to see her and Hawkeye, hopefully. That's what, that's what it seems like we're going to get. And especially with the whole like Valentina thing at the end of the, the end of the movie, which is crazy, by the way, we were, that was supposed to be like her first appearance in the MCU. And we got that in Falcon and Winter Soldier. So yeah, all in all, Black Widow, not my favorite, but important for the legacy of Natasha, who died for the silly little Arrow Man. So <laughs> they're coming for him. Yeah, Yelena's coming for for him. Now that's two people that have died for Hawkeye, and, and what maybe more? what and for? what for? <laughs> and I have some pals that agreed that Natasha should have died and not Hawkeye, but I'm sorry, Hawkeye should have died. It doesn't Hawkeye matter if he's a family. Died. MCU Hawkeye. Sorry, Natasha is just way more important in the whole grand scheme of things in the MCU. Um, and uh, I'm just yeah. still mad about it. I'm still mad about it. Sorry. And I'm hoping, like, obviously with the whole Hawkeye show, they're very much making it like the Haley show. Like, I haven't even seen I anything. So. I hope so. Yeah, because everybody knows that not a lot of people actually like Jeremy Renner. So, yeah. I don't even be... think Jeremy Renner likes Jeremy Renner. <laughs> um, yeah, he does. He has an app all about That's himself. True. He has loves anybody himself, seen that? Actually. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, so anyway, Black Widow, I'm glad we all got our thoughts out there because it's been out for almost a week now. So I didn't do a little spoiler alert warning, but you know, spoiler alert, Black Widow. <laughs> we have so much to discuss about this final episode of Loki that we can't even fathom splitting our discussion into for an ad break. So we're going to go straight into an ad break right now so we can get to the nitty gritty of this final season finale of Loki. Stay tuned. Welcome back from that short little ad break. Thanks for hanging on with us. We're going to get right into it. We have so much to discuss. But first, what are y'all's initial thoughts on the episode for all time always? So I 
liked it. I thought it was an okay episode, but I honestly was a little bit underwhelmed. Um, last week, I was super hyped up for it. I was like, oh my gosh, it's going to come to like such an explosive like finale. And last week, honestly, to me, felt more like a season finale than this week did. So that's not to say that I didn't like the episode. I thought it was a good episode. Um, but it was just, like I said, a little underwhelming. I had expected a little bit more. But now that we know season two is coming, that's probably why. So, yeah. I definitely saw a lot of reactions like that. And I here's the thing. I don't 100% disagree with them. But I was super excited this entire episode. Like, every reveal to me was like, Whoa! and then the thing that surprised me is even with all the like crazy exposition stuff it still ended up being a character type uh episode because of loki and sylvie because of their decisions which all of that was mind-blowing to me because people were speculating the complete opposite like people some people did actually kind of come up with the whole i think i know how this is going to happen but no one predicted that this was going to end on such a huge cliffhanger that season two would have to exist like this is oh my god this is the first time marvel has done this since what like infinity war was the only other time they've had like a massive cliffhanger mm -hmm. like this and and I, I think they should do this more often <laughs> i'm like i don't know there's something about this that feels so special to me i mean the intro alone tells you that this is going to be an episode that cracks open everything we know about the Marvel Cinematic Universe and turn it into something completely different. The Marvel Cinematic Multiverse is coming. I'm telling you. That's what this entire episode was. It was all set up for that, which is why I was just losing my mind. But in doing so, it, like you said, it doesn't really feel like a season finale. It feels like a setup for even more. Like, here, here's more stuff coming. Spider-Man, Doctor Strange... Loki season two, Ant-Man and the Wasp's Quantumania. It's like overwhelming. There is so much more I could say, but that's obviously for discussion. Yes, honestly, I couldn't have said both of those better myself. I totally agree with you, Iris. The fact that like last week was so crazy and intense and we kind of took a little bit of a step down, but there were still all of those massive reveals and and the whole season two thing, I was completely prepared to log into this podcast today and be like, Marvel better say that there's a season two right now because I need it now. And they delivered right away. I am a little disappointed that there wasn't like more of a mid credit scene or an after credit scene. But, you know, I think that's also good that they're really leaving us hanging there. So Giovanni, you had mentioned the very amazing intro for that entire episode. So let's talk about that for a little bit. Um, in my notes, I wrote the very swag Marvel intro. And I think that is that pretty much encapsulates it. Um, so it it starts off by playing It's Been a Long, Long Time, which is Cap and Peggy's song. So uh, we all know me, resident Cap and Peggy stan. I was already freaking out. And then we get quotes from Marvel characters throughout the MCU. And then we get iconic real people quotes, Neil Armstrong, Greta Thunberg, Nelson Mandela, Vision's quote, Vision's not real, but like the, the Vision quote from WandaVision, like y'all, what did, did you think? Me. That did yes. it for me, the vision quote, dude. I my tears were there. Yes. <laughs> As y'all know, I love Wanda and Vision. They are Chef's kiss. Love them. I when Vision's quote came along, I was like, I literally out loud was like, you can't do that. <laughs> so yes. But they I loved did. It. They did 
they did do that. I loved that intro as long as, I mean, when that song started playing, I was just like, oh no, they're not going there, but they went there. And it's so crazy that they did. I wonder why they chose It's Been a Long, Long Time because it's not like it's like the most iconic real world song in Marvel, but Giovanni Music Man, I want to hear your thoughts. Wow, okay. All the all the responsibility goes to me. No, I'm kidding. Um, I also was kind of like shocked. I, I, I literally, my jaw was dropped for like the first two minutes because I was in complete shock. I was like, what? Like, I did not expect it to start that way at all. So honestly, I don't, I don't know what I can say about it. I think they only picked it because of the ending of Endgame and they want to say, oh, this is about to diverge. Like this, this little reference to the last big movie we did that this takes place after. Yeah, that's, that's in the past. That's the ending of that arc, that saga, the Infinity Saga. Now we're going into this multiverse craziness which, I mean, it's awesome because from the first three shows and now Black Widow, those feel like almost like in a way phase one-ish because this is a reset. Like we're, we're being reintroduced to this world. So musically, I mean, that's a good way to say, okay, we're past this now. I mean, obviously you can play like the Avengers theme or main on end, which is the end credits from Endgame. But I think this song is more associated with like the the more calm, like, human side of the MCU, which is what they were trying to do with all those quotes, where it's like, remember this, remember this, and then and then the WandaVision quote, that just, that makes it all feel because that literally just came out, so it's like, oh, like, it's crazy to me, crazy to me, and I thought the intro was really, really nice, like, in terms of um, visuals, uh, the CGI is so impressive, it felt like next level, uh, just big bang stuff. I don't know what else I can say about it besides I was mind blown the whole time. And the payoff to that was Miss Minutes jump scare. So yes, I'm so yes. glad that you mentioned that because the memes I'm seeing about this online, because I actually jumped like, did, did y'all jump? Yes. I can't yes. even remember to be honest with you. I was just, <laughs> I was just laughing. Crazy eyes. Uh <laughs> it was, it was so nutty. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, last week we could tell, like, she knows what's up. So her just appearing, I was like, oh my gosh, she's the bad guy. At first I was um, like, oh no, it's Miss Minutes, isn't it? <laughs> but then they're going to have to so. fight Miss Minutes. How can you even fight her? That's so Honestly, funny. I don't know, but I did write down about that little part that it felt like, you know, how when you're playing a video game and you get to like the end boss level and at first, like before the battle starts, you have like a little bit of interaction with like either the sidekick or like a side character. That's what it felt like, like the start of the beginning to a boss battle. When you think about it, I actually like that analogy because that almost this episode kind of feels like a role playing game because the Lokis finally have free will, which they make a big point of because he's like, well, he, I, I have to say it, Mr. Jonathan Majors playing ah, yeah! the man himself, Kang the Conqueror, what the new guy. big bad man. So good. I was like, see, here's the thing. I've seen him in a few movies now and I thought he was in them because he, he has like really crazy range and mm -hmm. in this he's playing a character i've never seen him before like completely wacky weird like it's eccentric but now that we know this is only a variant of the character so he's gonna have to play different versions of this guy which is like 
Oh my god. But yes, it felt like one of those RPG conversations where the characters like making decisions and obviously it doesn't turn out how anyone thought it was going to turn out, but I like that boss battle analogy. I I do think that's exactly what it felt like. Yeah, and she also explained like Citadel at the end of time, like welcome, you made it. He who remains is like so proud of you. Um and she like offers them like, "Oh, just he can put you back in a timeline. You already introed it perfectly, Giovanni. Jonathan Majors is here, the confirmed actor of Kang the Kang the Conqueror. But here he is, he who remains. He knows it all. He's seen it all. He even pointed out Loki and Sylvie's little look by the lake. Like he he really does know what's up. And I'm so excited that he's here because I saw Jonathan Majors in Lovecraft Country and he was fantastic. And so I'm excited that we got to see this little like eccentric sociopath type character out of him because that was just not him. You're right. He has so much range. Before we take a jump over back to the TVA, what are Iris, what are your initial thoughts on He Who Remains? I, I have actually never seen Jonathan in anything before, I don't think. Um, So for me, I was like, oh, cool. What a cool guy. (laughs) But my friend Faith, shout out friend Faith, uh, she actually called the whole Kang the Conqueror thing to me like, I think two weeks ago we were talking about and she was like, I swear to God, if it's going to be Kang the Conqueror. I was like, well, we'll see. And she was right. So he isn't called Kang the Conqueror in this. Like Liz said, um, he's he who remains. Yeah, he was very chill about everything because obviously he knows it all. But the one thing that just has stuck by me was him eating the apple. Like, I don't know why that was such a thing that like, yes. like every villain and every, yes. like every bad guy ever has a thing with an apple. I don't know why that's a thing. I'm not a movie buff, so don't come at me. But <laughs> I wonder if that's like his kind of tell for which variant he is. Maybe, maybe Ooh. we'll see him again and he'll be eating an apple and Maybe that's how oh, we're going to know that it's really him or that something. Could be interesting. I like, like that. They did, a focus, they did focus on that apple. Like he put it away and then the camera like kind mm-hmm. of focused on it again. And then he started eating it again. So I, that's something that my brain was kind of like, hmm, what does the apple stand for? But yeah, they, I feel that's like. That's what I was thinking too. Yeah. I was really, really excited to see Jonathan Majors. I was starting to really second guess myself with the whole Kang the Conqueror theory that he was going to that he was going to like appear because we were so sure about Mephisto. Like, I feel like I can never theorize fully and confidently again after WandaVision. <laughs> um, so I was people were like, oh, like it'll be another Loki variant in there. Like there's there it like can't be him. And I was like, well, maybe I don't know. So I really love that I second guessed myself. And then Marvel was like, I will give it to you about that. So Marvel actually trolled everyone again, like Infinity War and Endgame, because there is footage in, I think, even the first trailer of this supposed King Loki, the Loki, the ideal Loki. And people thought, oh, that's going to be the variant. Then some other people were like, no, 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 it's going to be a version that they offer to him, like of his life. And then we get that with Miss Minutes, but we don't see the footage. And I think that was entirely a red herring that they threw into the marketing so that people would not think like, oh, it's going to be Kang the Conqueror. And it worked in their favor because of all the people trying to guess that Mephisto was going to be in WandaVision and then he wasn't. <laughs> so now all these people are like, oh, no, it can't be. We can't get you. We can't get trolled again. Like, 
Like clearly, the King the Conqueror can't come in exactly, and then he, he got come in again. <laughs> so comic book knowledge, um, from what I was reading, this variant, He Who Remains, I think I like that name for him. In the comic books, there is a version of Kang called Immortus, who's like the guy that wants everything to be peaceful. And it feels like this is that one. Whereas Kang the Conqueror, the actual like villain one, is, is only like referenced in this when he says, I've been known by many names, mm-hmm. including the Conqueror. And it yeah. feels like that's the version we're going to get. Because I'm pretty sure that's what they said about him for Ant-Man when they announced that Jonathan Majors was cast mm-hmm. is they called him Kang the Conqueror. So how are Ant-Man and the Wasp going to deal with that? Like this, this doesn't even like. <laughs> they may not. They may just die. Yeah, I, I don't even know. <laughs> I saw a tweet about that. They're like, what are Ant-Man and the Wasp supposed to do about Dude. all this? Just because yeah. they can get into the quantum realm, that means nothing. That means yeah, absolutely no. nothing at this point anymore. Oh my gosh. Now yeah. there's going to be Ant-Man poisons the apple conspiracy theories instead of the <laughs> Thanos. The yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, I've never heard. I've, I, I don't even want to say that. I have also I've, never heard those two words together, Giovanni, but thank you for what? introducing me to that term. Yeah, that was the theory, right? So. Yeah, I mean, yes. I had heard the theory. I just didn't know that name was like coined. Yes. And I feel like I'm a better person because I know it now. Same. Same. Will I so. repeat the word? Probably not. <laughs> <laughs> but there regardless. Anyway, so let's shift a little bit. I want to keep talking about He Who Remains and Jonathan Majors and just his amazing everything. But the episode shifted a little bit, so that means we have to shift a little bit. We cut to Ravona and Mobius. Lots of things going on, Giovanni. You look so excited. I, I'm just going to toss it to you. Let's hear what you got to say. So this has been set up since, I think, what, like last episode, whenever Ravona's like questioning the TVA, and she's like, oh, I want to meet whoever is there because I want all this power. Well, she doesn't say that outright until this episode. But in the comic books, Ravona Renslayer is like Kang's love interest. And everyone like in the predictions was like, oh, clearly she knows him already. And they're running the TVA together. But obviously it's not true. And then we actually see where she's from. She's from Ohio, which I thought was really surprising. Yeah, she's definitely going to go find Kang and be a part of this new age TVA that we see literally right at the end of the episode. Man, her confrontation with Mobius. She just leaves it, just dumps him. She's like, you know what? I want free will. You can't have it. I'm not friends no more. It's so crazy. She like gaslit him. He was like, yes. you changed. And she's like, no, you changed. I know. And I was like, whoa, she? girl boss, gaslight, gatekeep. Yeah. <laughs> He's been doing that all season now. All season. Oh my God. <laughs> and I, I really like the quote that she had of like, only one person gets free will, the person in charge. So when she said that she was after free will, I'm like, nice, fascism. Uh, Yeah, she's basically uh, the wrong version of Sylvie because Sylvie wanted everyone to have free will, right? That's her entire goal. Because she's like, I'm mad at you. You ruined my life. (laughs) And then, and now you have Ravona who's like, I want all the free will for me. So yeah, she'll she'll probably get some of that. Who knows? But is it also yeah. bad that I kind of want to see in the next season her becoming King's like right hand man or something like that? Oh yeah, I can totally the, see in the, that in the comics. If you say she's his love interest, which I didn't know, um, that could be very interesting. Like maybe she's 
his right hand man, but also maybe she's trying to overthrow him while she's at it because she wants to be the one in charge and have all the free will. So I would love that. Oh my god, just like star screen transformers. Oh my god, <laughs> that'd be amazing. Yes. So I okay. I I want to hear what you guys like actually thought of her like ending though because when I first watched it, I was like, kind of like weird. Like that she just kind of left or her ending in the episode because obviously she's not done yet, but it just felt like almost too like calm for her to walk away. And honestly, I want to consider that like seeing Mobius's kind of ending in the season two, because that's the Mobius that we knew the entire season. And that was the last thing we saw of him. So what did you guys think of that for like the bye? Obviously we got left on so many cliffhangers, but I really wish that I could have seen more from, from them. Honestly, Ravona's ending, as you call it, I, I'm a little sus because Miss Minutes did give her like files and she was like, well, these are not the ones you requested, but these are the ones he thinks you like are more important or that you, that are more useful. But we never know what these files are. And, like, maybe she read them and she's like, well, I'm going to go on a quest to, like, I don't know, do something. But, like, she has read those files. What was in those files? I don't know. So I think it has something to do with that, maybe. Clearly, the files lead to the multiverse of Mephisto. And we're all being misled. And that's exactly what we're building to. Obviously, that's... You guys saw the fly on the wall, too. So, like... Yeah, exactly. Like, <laughs> the Mephisto... files are actually Mephisto. yeah exactly exactly but yeah i also was like surprised that she just disappears we don't even see a variant well i don't want to say variant a a mind wiped or whatever version of her at the end it's just mobius and b15 so yeah i definitely think she's up to something with those files probably gonna see time as it is who knows might even revisit events from the multiversal war and then catch up with our boy king but man i i really don't know what else to say now as for being phobius no jet ski just pain that, that's all we get <laughs> no jet him. ski just paid for i'm tweeting that <laughs> he deserves his jet ski gosh darn it yeah uh, maybe next season maybe next season i um, hope better next season he better or pain and suffering yes pain and what's suffering. getting me what's getting me through is that edit of um loki and sylvie and mobius on the jet ski in the luca animation style yes yes if y'all haven't seen that then go see it dear it's listeners it's amazing so just i'm gonna throw this out there for you guys because I, I just it popped into my head when we we're talking about all this what do you think is gonna happen with kid loki because Kid Loki, and well, all the Lokis, but specifically Kid Loki, because we had heard this whole like Young Avengers rumbling, and we talked about Haley Steinfeld earlier, and it's like I love Young they, Avengers, so I'm very glad that you brought this up because <laughs> Kid Loki is obviously part of the Young Avengers. I just hope he makes a comeback and he teams up with uh, the rest of the Young Avengers because we know we're getting Cassie in uh, Ant Man, we're getting America in dr strange and we already had billy and tommy and we had eli so fingers crossed please kid loki makes a return and we get a young avengers movie or a a young avengers show i just marvel this is my me pleading to you please it's so interesting that he wanted to stay in the void though like he was like no i'm good here so i wonder 
how he's going to get out and exactly. maybe if the multiverse triggered that but i'm like there still has to be a void situation within the multiverse so well, will we if, get that kid loki or are we going to get different kid loki well and if all the other loki's like they were badly each other if they killed each other off is he the only person still alive there is there or is i mean there we got alligator loki that's true Period. that's true can't forget about loki gator aloki i don't know what the name is people are going with but Yes, that's true. So if Alligator Loki doesn't make a comeback either, I'm going to be mad because he's an icon. Yeah, no, I do want to see Kid Loki come back somehow. Maybe they'll figure it out by season two, but I, I totally can see him running around with these other Young Avengers players. It would be amazing. I really hope we can see it. But speaking of the multiverse, let's get back to 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 this episode and back to my favorite character of the episode, He Who Remains. We already mentioned he had that quote that he's been dubbed by many names, a ruler, a conqueror, wink, wink, and that there's multiple versions of him. And he gives a very detailed explanation of the multiversal war and the creation of the TVA. And I thought that the way that they did it was super interesting with the whole like sculpture thing. What did you guys think? of that entire that entire thing because we knew that there was chaos the tva explained that to us at the beginning of the series but hearing it from his perspective that has been there and it, he's the one who started started the multiverse like what that's crazy y'all's thoughts i mean did he start it or did he discover the multiverse okay okay yes yeah. <laughs> discovered <laughs> he it did yeah. say that it was already there but i really liked the whole um sculpture thingies that he did because i'm a very visual person so <laughs> i'm very glad they explained it that way so it made it a little bit easier out. for me <laughs> <laughs> um but yeah i'm just really curious about his variants or his like other versions of himself that he mentioned in that little scene do you think we'll just get kang or do you think we're gonna get a ton of others i think there's gonna be more than one because he did say like wait till you meet my variants or wait till you meet the other versions of me or whatever. And now that this version of him is basically dead, like who is the one who's going to be in charge? Like which, which of his variants are we going to meet just that one? I think we're going to meet more than just that one because he said there's so many more. And I think you're absolutely correct. I a hundred percent agree with that. And I, that's why I was saying earlier, I, I can't wait to see if Jonathan majors like has to pull off different, like, roles in the same character i hope so is nutty right so yes and that just got me thinking because he's crack open the multiverse he's talking about oh yeah i discovered it so if i'm not mistaken in the comic books his real name is nathaniel richards so he's reed richards like descendant right so are like this this i think this is the perfect way to introduce the fantastic four i think that's why they're doing all of this and yes it's like, yo but so. here's the other thing the x-men characters and it got me thinking we literally just got our first piece of mcu deadpool yes. yesterday yes. with deadpool yes. and korg best pairing idea ever i don't know whoever i think it was it has to be ryan Reynolds' idea because he loves marketing using deadpool but get doing the meta of having taika waititi you know be the antagonist of free guy and then showing up there and being like Hey man, I made a rocks. And that was just <laughs> that yes. was so good. So 
that's why I'm wondering, is that how they're going to bring him in is the multiverse? Are they just going to say, oh, yeah, Deadpool, pluck him from his universe. Here he is. Like, here's the Deadpool you all know and love and he's self-aware about it. I mean, ever since we started hearing about the multiverse, I was like, man, I really hope this means they're going to fuse the X-Men universe and the MCU universe together because I love them both. And seeing those, like seeing the mutants together with the superheroes, like that would be so cool. And I think they might do it because in the comics, uh, Wanda is actually also like a little bit sprinkled into the X-Men universe. So she could be the link that like drives when the two worlds of them collide. Exactly. So, yeah. And we can't forget Spider-Man. Got the Raimi and uh, Andrew Garfield, you know, Spider-Man's supposedly. So you never know. You never know. I have to wait for a stupid trailer that hasn't come out yet. Ah. (laughs) Soon. Hopefully soon. Fingers crossed. I sense some frustration on your end. (laughs) Very much frustration. (laughs) And I mean, RIP like the entire movie because of toys. (laughs) Spoilers from toys. I think that's so funny, but you know life he who remains offered loki and sylvie the spot as the leader Uh, what (laughs) i was not confused by that but i'm like if you're saying that you know everything that's going to happen obviously at some point they like crossed a threshold what would like how could they have actually led the tva like how could that have actually happened do you think that that was like another little like fake out situation i think yes and no because that, that was the whole like conflict between the two of them. And he was right. As soon as, as soon as he dies, the multiverse just cracks. So he was right in saying like, oh, well, if you don't run it and if no one runs it, then rest in peace all of time, or at least the sacred timeline. And we start another multiversal war, which is like trying to comprehend that in the context of what we've seen from the Avengers is like, how are you going to deal with that? Like how are, any of the characters on their own or even together going to deal with that. So like, I want to say that he wasn't lying, but I mean, you never know. There's the apple, like you guys said. Yeah. It'll be interesting. (laughs) Yeah. I agree with Giovanni that it's a little bit of both. I think like maybe he was a little bit bluffing, but also like, as you said, he died and the multiverse was like, bam. Swamp. Yes. I don't know. Marvel yeah. Cinematic Multiverse. Ah, I'm CMU. So <laughs> um, you know, it was it was really interesting because it's like I wonder, you know, we were saying that he's like an eccentric sociopath. Like I wonder if he said that to pit them against each other because he knows them. He knows their each of their motivations. Loki's previous motivations were to get a throne and Sylvie throws that at back in his face and Sylvie's entire thing is taking down whatever was behind the TVA so she didn't have to live in hiding anymore so going into that those those motivations at least Sylvie's comes out and they have this trust gone fighting moment and we really haven't talked about Loki or the Lokis since starting this episode we've been talking about he who remains and and Ah, like I don't even have any words for this moment between them because it was just looking so good for their friendship and you know with finales things have to hit the fan and it really did so what did you guys think of the fight um their trust gone 
an iconic quote from Loki that we'll get into very shortly after we talk about this fight. I thought the fight was intense, like, uh, but also he remains didn't know that was going to happen, kind of, because he was like, I know everything that happens up until this point. So, like, did he expect them to start fighting? I don't know. But the fight was, it was intense. I thought it was really interesting that it was Sylvie that was kind of attacking and Loki was just defending himself slash trying to defend he who remains usually if it's like Loki fighting or any Loki's fighting it's like trying to hurt the other person but Loki didn't want to hurt her yes this is really good character development because like finally Loki cares about someone else other than well I guess Sylvie is also a version of him so like he still cares about himself But also it's a different person, so he does care for someone else. The way that I'm still skeptical, though, but we'll get into that. But Giovanni, what do you think? Well, I know that's a lot because it's true. It it is pretty confusing. But yeah, motivations collide. And what's surprising, this was a really high quality sword fight. Like, Like one of the best fight scenes in Marvel. And here's the thing. Some of the like promotional material for the show was like behind the scenes and they were talking about oh Sophia and Tom were like training like sword fighting and I was like uh, is that what we got in that one episode at the end when they killed the timekeepers that was pretty bad like the editing there wasn't very good and so you can't really tell but in this episode you find out why it was that they were training and it was training against each other I was like yo because they have obviously there's some stunt doubles in here because there are some flips that were pretty crazy looking but man what a what a great like action scene on top of the drama i think that's what sells it too it feels like a like a lightsaber fight those are always fueled by like drama that's exactly what this felt like it did feel like a lightsaber fight. you're right and they're like throwing force powers at each other i mean like yeah exactly i don't even know that just came to me like randomly but it's true i now thinking about it it does feel like a star wars battle and like a really really good one and because it is emotionally charged and Sylvie's motivations she is entirely fueled by rage which is what Loki's gonna tell her he's like wait no listen like you're I've been there before he says straight up and she's like re and then and then we get the conclusion the the climax if you will of that confrontation Loki jumping yes we do we do Loki jumping in front of the knife and saying I don't want the throne i just want you to be okay and then they kiss ah! zach or and then she you win. zach zach, zach you called it zach called way it. before shout out to our fearless leader zach for completely calling that they were gonna kiss but you know what he didn't call her completely betraying loki yes, and sending true, him true. back yep. to the tva i'm labeling it the kiss and diss that is that oh is my that is what it is yes like everyone thought wow. he would betray her everyone was like oh they're setting up the themes of the show she trusts him he's gonna stab her in the back but no he's grown as a person we see it we you see it with see our own it. eyes through this entire episode you can see that loki like looks at her with like a look of like i care about this person and i want this person to like survive mm-hmm. and be okay which is something we've never seen from loki before because he's always been like oh me 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 it's me i only care about myself and now he's going through this like whoa i can care about another person what is this like you can kind of also see the internal conflict 
which just makes it so much worse when she like stabs him in the back and sends him back. I felt so bad for him. I was like, no, poor Loki. Finally, you care about someone else and then they do this to you. I can only imagine how he feels and what this will do for him, like personality wise. Do you guys think that she planned on stabbing him in the back? Or do you think that it was like a, oh, oh shoot, he is going to take the throne. I need to, I need to do something before he does something. I think exactly what you just said, like the latter of that. Definitely she was like, no, you can't have the throne. I need to kill the bad guy. I'm the real hero. Which, oh, and here's the thing. I just realized we never got explained what her Nexus event was. Like I predicted that it was just her existing. That's true. Rip. People are saying, and I think they're right, that the reason she is like a variant, besides the fact that she doesn't look like Tom Hiddleston, is because she's a hero not a villain she's not like all the other villain that would make sense like it's implied and also yeah like my friends were talking about this the other day that she never not once mentions thor yes ever she doesn't mention thor she doesn't ask if he's okay she only briefly mentions friga so like is this Liz? Was that a TikTok you sent me the other day, or is this? Yeah, something? yeah. Yes. And I was gonna bring yes. it up too. She yes. has not mentioned Thor, so like that's what makes me still hesitant with her as like a character. I'm like, is she really a variant? Because all the other variants have brought up Thor that we've noticed, and she just hasn't. But you know, if she has those right? different motivations, she's not as. If you're saying that she's a hero, maybe she's not as selfish. Like. I don't think that her uh, motivation to kill he who remains was a selfish one. She wanted more people to have free will. I mean, specifically her, because, you know, she is a Loki, but yeah, like or she, is she, or is she? Yes. Let's <laughs> see. Still, still a little suspicious about that one because of the Thor thing. Really? That's like the biggest Honestly, thing for my, me. My brain is going a hundred miles an hour now. And I'm like, oh, but what if she's Lady Thor? Cause that's a thing too. Cause she's blonde. So like. I know that's a, like a big yeah. far, far theory. Yeah. That's probably not the thing, but like she never once mentions him. Who knows? Yeah. <laughs> or just... maybe she's a blend of Loki and Thor because Thor doesn't exist in her universe and that is her Nexus event. I don't know. I'm just spitballing out here right the, now. The Enchantress Loki, yeah. pretty much. Yes, basically. But there is something I want to say uh, real quick about the meta of this show if you put it into perspective with everything that's happened before loki was there at the beginning when thanos you know basically gave him an army and then at the end of the first avengers we see thanos and there's your setup is here is the next big bad and so i find it pretty meta that in loki's own show his own thing as a protagonist he sets up the entire next phase with another guy who's above him and this time Whoa. he says no i'm gonna stomp yeah. on you like, I don't want to be the one in charge anymore. I want to be the one saving those that aren't in charge. Like, complete character shift, new meta. It's so crazy to me that they we picked love Loki. love character development. Yes. <laughs> Amazing. Oh, man. And Loki's trying to do his best, and then he gets kissed and dissed. And then Sylvie stabs he who remains, and he goes, I'll see you soon. How creepy was that? Very. <laughs> so... Just quick reference. The timekeepers said the exact same thing when they died. <gasps> the exact oh, same my thing. Gosh. So he's always there. He's always watching. Please. See you soon. So oh. Big brother is watching. Oh, no. Yeah. And that, that shot of him dead 
incredible. That was Honestly, the most yes. epic, like, this is a new type of villain situation. And like Sylvie crying afterward, like you think that she'd be happy, Honestly. but I mean, obviously she had to like send Loki away. So maybe she's sad about that too. But like, you'd think that she's been waiting for this fulfilling moment her entire life. And then she kills the dude and she's crying. Well, maybe it didn't feel as fulfilling as she'd hoped. And like, Period. like this is this is it. This is what I've been waiting for my entire life. And I just kill him and like, this is it. Like, Well, he didn't beg for his life. She said like, true. aren't you going to beg for your life? Yeah. But he had mentioned already like reincarnation. He's baby. like, well, I can beg, but there's like a hundred other me's. So what difference does it make? Okay. Quickly, because of the kiss and this, I want to mention the music because this episode is the culmination of all the themes, motifs and whatnot in this season. And when they're making out, you hear this new love theme, I guess. And I swear I'd heard it earlier in the season, probably last episode when they were like with the blanket. And you also hear Sylvie's motif earlier in the episode when she's like storming in like, like we're gonna kill you, King or whatever. <laughs> and oh I think it was amazing. There was a lot of like dramatic um, usage of the music. I mean, the finale itself, like the actual ending and the credits completely different than the rest of them. It's just like, this has been one of the craziest Marvel projects in terms of music because of how noticeable it is. I guess that's the right word because there are some scores that I would consider better in terms of composition, but in terms of style and just the fact that this is so unique, I think, man, next level, like next level. And Marvel is taking music so seriously in this phase. And I, for one, being the music guy, I'm so happy for that because I, I love the musical continuity and superhero music is like, I don't know. That's just iconic. So yeah, that's crazy. And the fact that like they're combining all the different motifs and putting it together and making it all chaotic is exactly what's happening in the show. Like as soon mm -hmm. as Sylvie stabs he who remains, yeah. we get branch timelines to the max. Like it's just insanity. Branches are getting branches are getting branches. And the multiverse is truly and officially open. So I guess the equivalent to Thanos grinning in the first Avengers is the statue of Kang in the TVA. Yes. yes. Right. Okay. So, so let's talk about that. Loki gets like pushed back into what we think is the TVA that we've been in the entire time. So I was talking to some friends and you know, sorry, I was moving around. So, okay. So he gets pushed and blah, blah, blah. So I was talking to some friends this morning about the episode and one of them was like, oh, Mobius and B-15, their, their memories were wiped. And I was like, wait, you think that their memories were wiped? Like they're, they're variants already. Like there's already like a branch thing and he got sent. But then now that I'm talking it out right now, Loki got sent over before she stabbed him and everything opened up. So now I'm just confusing myself. Are I mean, this Mobius... entire thing is confusing. Yes. So did their memories get wiped when the little stabby stab happened? Or are these completely different variants? Because now I'm kind of on the edge because I thought that they were different variants, but I'm like, wait, he got sent back before the multiverse opened up. So yeah. now I'm like, what? See, my brain went there too, because I was like, oh, he got sent into a different like uh, uh, universe or something, but that's not possible because it's a TVA. Um, so there, there are no different like versions of the TVA. So now I'm like, well, are they different people? Did the universe just change? And so they did too. 
or did, like you said, did their memories get wiped? I am very, very confused <laughs> at this whole thing. This could be a version of the TVA because like you said, this is outside the multiverse. This is what the TVA supposedly is. This could be a version that was created at the beginning of beginning of time by Kang the Conqueror, not this he who remains. Like it could just be a completely like new thing entirely that mm -hmm. was created by a similar guy. Yeah, and I mean, it has to be different because those statues were different or the statue, there was only one. So yeah, it's mind boggling. Very much also, so. I just thought about this yesterday too. Why do they even need the variants? Why don't they just use robots? It's like do his free will. If he's such a like smart scientist, why doesn't he just use robots to prune stuff and whatnot? Why does he need these poor people that just want to live? Like Ultron is typing. Yeah, yeah Ultron, <laughs> Ultron. <laughs> the problem with, with humanity is humanity, clearly. Like <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I feel like they would just prune everything. Um, but you know, yeah, Tony Stark is different. Rogue, as we have seen. True. But so but can yeah. people, I guess. The variants can also go rogue. Clearly. Mobius. <laughs> yeah, so the, I, I was so surprised by that. because So that's why I said earlier, like, what we saw of Mobius earlier was the last we saw of the Mobius we know. So it was crazy that, like, Loki is completely alone, and he has been used to that, you know, his entire life. And finally, he has people he considers friends and that he cares about, and all of a sudden, he's propelled back into that aloneness. And it's very sad. And they just think he's a TVA, like, worker. Yeah. Like, a, what do they call it? Just an analyst. Uh, analyst, an analyst, yes. Thank yes. You. <gasps> because he's obviously wearing the, the outfit, but like, so like they don't remember him, but he remembers them. So how does that work? Because he's in yes. the world, so. And I really thought that like Mobius was trying to hype him up. Like, you're an analyst, dude. Like, at first I didn't, I didn't an get. Analyst. Like, <laughs> I thought he was like, you're so smart, Loki. Best pal, bestie, best friend forever. You're so smart. Like, it's going to be fine. But then I was like, wait, he's actually confused. Like, he doesn't know who this is. So pain and suffering once again. And no jet ski. And no. <laughs> no jet ski but so it, so it ends very abruptly but mid-credit scene i don't know if i would actually consider this a mid-credit scene but yeah, season when two you, when you told me like oh did you watch the mid-credit scene i was like what mid-credit scene there was no scene it was just a like little stamp but i guess yes well some it. people that i talked to like missed it and i was like you gotta go back and watch it like no. i don't just want to tell you um but yes season two it is on, like, like we Donkey had Kong. mentioned earlier. Like yes, Kong indeed. Like the Conqueror. Like <laughs> <laughs> Amazing. Yes. Yes. So I want to just end this. So season two for Loki means that we get a season two of Living Loki. <laughs> Whoa. Whoa, that's yeah, hard to believe. It's I'm like crazy. Past. Oh, my God. I know. So all of our listeners don't unsubscribe because we'll be back well we'll also be back with another season of multiverse of marvel which we'll get into but i want to hear y'all's season two predictions for loki i know that it could literally go anywhere like you could throw out something and it could come true so let's hear it what what do you all think is going to happen i think i threw my predictions out there already kind of with uh ravona becoming like the right hand of king 
the conqueror which is not a prediction it's just something i hope will happen because i think it would be interesting um prediction president loki makes a comeback because he has to <laughs> please please um, yes please. and kid loki because you know we didn't see where he went so i think kid loki will definitely make a comeback he has to he's still there he's kind of alive kind of not um i think sylvie and loki will meet up again somehow because they can't just leave it at that and uh mobius will get his jet ski i just i just had a quick thought about all of that now that now that putting it into perspective is ravona gonna be the harley quinn to king's oh, no. joker oh my gosh, oh oh my gosh. gosh. probably <laughs> Womp womp. Yeah, womp womp. Womp womp indeed. Oh my god. Uh, Sylvia and Loki rule the multiverse as one. I don't know, but it's my main prediction is Jet Ski has to make an appearance, yes. some sort of Jet Ski. That's that's literally anything else I say I know is going to be wrong, so that's the only thing I want to say. And then I think Iris hit the nail on the head. Definitely going to see Loki meet Sylvia again and then Ravona with Kang, but in terms of other things, the only other prediction I have, and this is even for Loki, is Loki might appear in Doctor Strange too. Maybe, 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 or be we'll mentioned see. somehow. We'll see. But Fingers that's crossed. the only thing, because this phase so far has been the phase of crossovers being more natural. Because I mean, we got Don Cheadle for like five <laughs> seconds in the Falcon yes. and the Winter Soldier, and now he's nominated for an Emmy. <laughs> it's like even what? he's confused yeah. about it on Twitter. He was like, "Really?" <laughs> but. <laughs> But yeah, it's cool that this is happening. Like we're getting all these like mini crossovers that make sense for the plot. Like like if Daredevil shows up in Spider Man and She Hulk. Oh my gosh! Praise. I, I please, please, <laughs> please. I love Daredevil. Oh my gosh! Sorry, sorry. <laughs> yes, I'm with you. I'm with you. Don't worry. I feel the exact same way. That's why I had to mention it. I yes. I love my boy Matt Murdock, yes. and I want him back so bad. Me too. Like, ugh. ugh. Yes, that is all I have to say. I. I'm so glad that this is how Marvel's going. Being completely weird like this, unpredictable. Just keep this energy up, please. Like for yes. the rest of the phase. Yes. And I, I kind of feel the same way. Like anything I throw out won't, like it's it's not going to be as epic as whatever Marvel has planned for us. But I definitely want to see Loki and Sylvie meet back up. Hopefully mend whatever whatever happened with that whole kiss and diss. I'm so glad that y'all are calling it that now. So hopefully we can get everybody kiss else. We'll the kiss and diss. Yes. Oh my gosh. Don't tempt me with a good time. And I want to see Mobius and B-15 because I really, really love B-15 me so too. much. Um, she deserves more so screen time. She needs more screen time and she needs yes, she does. revenge. revenge. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yes. So I'm, yeah, I, other than that, I'm just kind of like I did with this season, going into it completely blind and just seeing where Marvel takes us. But Holy cow, guys. We're done with season one of ah! Loki. And we're getting a season two. This is like never happened in Marvel before. I mean, obviously, besides like what if. So, but like live action Marvel season two, they're getting the gang back together at some point. When do you guys think that they might like release a second season? Any predictions on that front? Well, they still have to start filming. And I know filming usually takes couple months and then the whole editing process usually takes a couple months up to like maybe a year even so i i don't expect anything in the next like year and a half like i'm gonna say in like two years probably yeah i'm with yeah. you on that i was gonna say late 2022 like yeah, exactly. december-ish yeah 
I would agree. Unfortunately, I agree. I want it now. Yes. <laughs> That's not how that works. <laughs> I know, but we're getting so much other Marvel content that it's just going to build up and it's season two is going to take us somewhere where we didn't even think we were going to go. And it's going to be awesome. Gosh, I'm so excited. Yeah. Cool. Well, is, is there anything else we can talk about before I wrap up? Okay. Cool. All right. Guys, season one's over. Ugh. But we'll be back. So thank you guys. Thank you guys so much for listening to season one of Living Loki. But Multiverse of Marvel is not done. Tune in on August 11th for our brand new season, Watcher's World, where we recap every episode of What If as it releases on Disney+. And y'all, I'm so excited for this season. If you follow me on Twitter, which you should, link in the description for all of our Twitters. I'm obsessed with Captain Carter, so I'm so excited for that. Me too. Sorry. Yes. So what if it's going to be crazy because we are huge theorizers and this show is basically made for us. Uh, Marvel was definitely thinking of the cast of Boardwalk Times Multiverse of Marvel when they decided to make this show because they just wanted to hear what we had to think about it. So make sure you tune in for that less than a month away. For more Marvel content, head over to BoardwalkTimes.net or follow us on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook at Boardwalk Times. And if you're listening to us on Apple Podcasts, please subscribe and leave us a five-star review. 